And it's on that I want to read tonight from 2 Kings, the fourth chapter. I will tell you that 2 Kings chapter 4 is probably my, out of the Old Testament, it is growing to be one of the best chapters in the entire Word of God, especially out of the Old Testament. The verses I'm going to read have never been my best verses. I've never, I've never, I've never given them a thought until Saturday. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 42, 43, and verse 44. It said, And there came a man from Baal Shaisha. You've got to be careful when you pronounce that word. And brought the man of God bread of the first fruits, 20 loaves of barley and full ears of corn in the husk thereof. And he said, give unto the people that they may eat. And his servitor, his servant said, what? You're asking me to set this meager portion before a hundred men? And he, Elisha, said again, give the people that they may eat. For, thus saith the Lord, they shall eat and shall leave thereof. So he set it before them, and they did eat and left thereof according to the word of the Lord. Not according to the word of Elisha, not because the prophet said it, but all this was because God spoke. What I'd like to mention or talk about, what, what hit me in this, and it, is, it has been something that I have been thinking on. I, I, I want to talk to somebody tonight. Now, if, you're, if you want something to run with, the first time anybody closes their eyes in any type of worship, you're free to go because that is not going to happen tonight. You may go anyway, I don't know. But anyway, I want to talk, I want to talk about look for the man. Look for the man. See, we've grown accustomed, all of us. It's church. It's who we are. We're apostolic. We're Pentecostal. People are expect when they walk in our church, they expect lively. And I love lively. Okay. Monday morning after a lively Sunday, I may not feel lively. When the job starts, the problem hits. Everybody's not here to sing the songs, the worship. The pastor's not there to say, come on, everybody. Let's whatever. But I'm by myself. I'm going through whatever I'm going through. But we, like in the Word of God, we have grown very familiar with reading about the mighty moves of God. I don't choose to read about the negative things that you might find. I don't enjoy reading the begats in the Bible when I'm reading through. I do not. I I'd still have a problem with why they named their poor kids those hideous names. 
you know. But I want to talk about and read about and preach about healings, giant killing, storm calming, prison doors opening. These are the things that I, that I want. Sometimes when God moves in your life, it's just not going to be mighty. Sometimes there's not going to be any lightning. There's not going to be angelic choirs singing. There's not going to be any whoo going on. But God's going to move down and what it's going to be and what God wants it to be, it is just God standing with you. Okay? Now we all, yes, 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 yes. But here's one of the problems that I have found. If you are not careful while you are looking for the great works of God to fall, and you're looking for the immediate miraculous answers to come, and you're hoping, praying, fasting, pleading for a mountain to be moved, if none of this happens the way you want, you can miss what he is doing in your life. What I want to say this evening is somebody needs to know God's moving in my life right now. I may not see giants falling, but God's moving. I may not hear the, the heavens singing, but God is moving. I may be as sick as I've ever been, but God is still moving. He's still moving. He still cares. Hallelujah. I, I've got, I have two books in my office that I've, through the years, I've glanced at. That's all I've done, glanced. They're pretty books, though. They look real nice up there. But one of them's called The Great Chapters of the Bible, and the other one's The Great Verses of the Bible. I'm guessing that the verses are not the chapters, and I guess I've not read it very often. This passage that I've read does not fit with the great verses or the great chapters of the Bible. You're not going to read. I, 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 I pulled out Saturday every book, and I've got, I've got a number of commentaries besides the, the stuff that's on the computer. I looked everything I could find, and literally on this, these three verses, I found about that much. That's what I could find. I thought, you poor dudes, you missed it. All of you old timers from 100 years ago or whatever, you missed it. This, this is hidden. This, this is not there. Now, you got Elisha, who was recently anointed to become the prophet. Elijah was called away. And we read that Elisha is doing almost immediately what a prophet's supposed to be doing. In this fourth chapter, but this is prophet stuff. This is, man, a lady comes, kid's going to be sold, got a little vessel of oil. Just go shut the door, get empty vessels, and see what God's going to do. That makes me feel good all over. 
And she sells it, pays the debt, she lives on the rest, and then you go from there immediately after that. You go to the, 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 the woman or the, the, at Shunem. She has no child. She's kind to the prophet. And the prophet says, I'm going to do something. Her husband's too old to have kids, but we're going to do, hey, listen, God's involved in this. So we're going to have a child. The child's born. The child dies. And the child is raised from the dead. You can't get much more prophet than that. Buddy, that makes you feel good. And so you go from that. And then you get to this. All in the same sequence. It's during this same time. Power, 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 power. Woo, ha, ha, ha. So you're just expecting Elisha. This, this guy walks literally on the clouds. You know, don't stop now. Don't, don't let it in now. And, and, and then all of a sudden, after the wow, 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 you have, and there came a man from Baal, Shalisha, and brought bread. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's really neat. That's, no, that's what he did. <laughs> I mean, he didn't knock any giants down on the way. He didn't step on any lions on the way. He didn't do anything on the way. In fact, it is so so unimportant, we don't know who the man is. And I found, I did find this out, this funny name city, this is the only time it's ever mentioned in the Word of God. It's a city out of Samaria, never mentioned again. And, and I don't mind telling you, for over 40 years I've been preaching, and I have read this through, and I've looked at it all, and I have absolutely quickly read over these three verses and ignored everything that it was saying because it doesn't appeal to me. It doesn't. It's not oil, <laughs> and it's definitely not raising kids from the dead. You know, this is, this. give me the good stuff. I, I have been amazed because at the conclusion of the, just before this, the woman goes into the bedchamber that she had made for the prophet, receives her living child, and it says she fell at his feet and worshipped him. That's what I'm talking about. And I know that in just, just a jump away from where we're at, I know what happens to Naaman. You talk about getting good, better, and best. It's hitting here. Wow, wow, wow. And, and, and Naaman is going to come in. And so I look at Naaman and what I'm doing. If God can heal and he does heal Naaman, then what should we expect from God? Should I not? Am I going to say that the Syrian general can receive things from God? That I've got the Holy Ghost. So I'm looking at this and saying, go, 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 go. But then you have this. Is this important? I mean, these are the things that came to my mind. I read it, and I was trying my best to say I really was. I said, God, I'm sorry, but there's nothing in this. He's telling me, and I'm telling him, and 
I thought, I don't sound real smart right now. But God, there's nothing in it. Is this important enough to mention? A nameless man. Where is this city? I don't know. But God said, I want this recorded. I want this to be placed here. And in doing that, he's saying, I want you to read this at some time in your life. And what I looked at, sometimes, sometimes it's not about mountains. It's not about giants. Sometimes it is simply about living for God. That's all it is. It's about all this stuff. You see, I've thought about this at times, and then I quickly changed because it would destroy the church. We could meet in the vestibule before the service next Sunday night, and everybody come in and everybody unload all the problems they're going through, and let's see who's got the most problems. Because everybody thinks they have the corner on problems. I got people that come in and talk to me about the most goofy stuff that they think's important. And I'm saying, do you monkeys not realize what others are facing here? And you're talking about something as idiotic as who ate the cookie? Who gives a care who ate the cookie what you, it's not life changing it's not heaven or hell we got someone that's got a, a someone dying we have someone with a bad report and you honestly want me to take time and pray for goofy stuff you know but you know what people bring that goofy stuff and it becomes real to them it becomes a weight to them. It becomes a, a burden to them. It's, I carry it. It's, and you know what I found out? It is real. It may not be real to me right now. It may not affect me. But I, I understand that here's where I'm coming from. I have to be able to live for God during the times when the giant is still threatening me and I don't see any way of getting rid of him. It's all around me. I have had times when I've realized there wasn't just a Goliath. He had a bunch of kinfolk. And they've all surrounded me at the same time at times. So what am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to knock them down. Let me tell you something, brave wonder one. Sometimes you're not knocking anything down. Sometimes all you're going to do is stand there and tremble. But it's during those times you have to look up and you have to say that God who can knock them down, until he knocks them down, he's going to protect me. All of the yelling and all the arrows and all of the, the stuff that he's tried, all the threatenings, it may not, it may intimidate me. It may, it may bring me to a place I don't know, but I'm still going to live for God. I'm still going to going to walk with God. I'm still going to hold on and God is still with me. 
Don't think you failed God because you're going through something. I, I, I wish I could. Now, some people deserve the stuff they go through. I'm just going to let that sink in a little bit. They do. How can I feel sorry for someone that goes out and, I don't I'm not going to get into all that. You know what I'm talking about. They deserve some stuff that they do. If, 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 you're, if you're pouring a stream of gasoline around the carpet cause you're, and lighting it because you're watching the circle burn and your house burns down, I ain't going to feel sorry for you. I feel so, thinking, you're dumb. I mean, real dumb. But, you, you know, but some of the stuff we can't control. But it comes. I have to know. Here's where all this is coming to me. I have to know that he is with me when there isn't anything happening. Oh, but I come to church. Let me tell you, there's been a lot of times I come to church, I sing, and I'm not feeling a thing. I lift a hand, and I'm not feeling a thing. I smile, and I'm not feeling, oh, you must be backslidden. No, I'm human. I'm human. And I'm not going to let those moments rob God of the worship. I'm not going to cheat God out of my praise because of what I'm going through. I'm going to praise Him because He promised He's going to help me. I know if not today, tomorrow's coming. And the next week, God's going to do something in my life. And so I've got to learn how to live for him. I've got to learn to walk with him when I don't see anything happening. Not only do I not have an answer, I can't see an answer. I can't feel an answer. But I'll tell you what I have learned. I still have the ability to stand before God and declare, I know you're with me. I know I can't find the sling to knock the giant down, but I know you're with me. There was a famine in the land. If you read this whole thing, the one thing that I found about it one writer said that this was the same famine that dealt with, they were dealing with in the seventh chapter, sixth chapter, seventh chapter in Samaria. I don't know. They said it was a, the seven-year famine. I don't know. But there was a famine. Now, if there's a famine, you know where I'd like to be? Right by the prophet. I want Come on, you and me, bud, we're like that. Because the prophet can do things. And in my thinking, you would think that the man who was able to do all the great works that Elisha's done, you would think that he'd never be hungry. Hey, Elisha, you ever make bread out of rocks? Be a good time to start. I'm hungry. How about you, man? You think God would honor your prayer? Yeah, I'm sitting right here by you. I'll help you eat that rock. I don't mind. 
But what? nothing happens. It is during the time. Now here's, during the time of hunger, these prophets that were with Elisha, they were hungry. During the time of hunger, the scripture very carefully, easily says, and there came a man. You know what? It doesn't say there came a chariot of fire with a bag load of hot bread. There came a man. There came a man. Sometimes you miss what God's doing because you're trying to look for him in ways that he's not going to come. He does not always come. How many times have we come in a Sunday service after a hot message and we flood the altar and we go away and say, well, I found it. Yeah, I don't live here on Sunday. It's not Sunday night, seven days a week. I don't live here. I'll be here Sunday night. I'll be in church, but I spend more time walking out of the church in my daily routine, going through what I'm going through, facing what I'm facing. And it is in those times without a choir, without the music, without a pastor, it is in those times I have to know that God is with me. God is there. And it is in those times, not when it, when the oil's being poured out into the vessels or the babies being raised off the dead deathbed. It is when I'm hungry that God sends a man. Somebody's going to come. Something's going to happen. I'm not looking for it this way. It does not say that Thus saith the Lord, there's going to be a man come walking down the road with a sack full of bread and corn. That's not what it says. Doesn't even know. But God sends a man. God tells a man, you go take 20 barley loaves and you get some ears of corn and you go ahead and grill them or fix them or put them on the fire and you get them ready and you walk to where the man of God is. We're not even going to tell your name. And so he walks in. And he comes. And there's one important point in all of this. The Lord used the man to accomplish a need. The Lord used the person. We should be sensitive to God. My question is, if he wants to use you to be part of someone's miracle, could he use you? Last week, last Sunday, Paul called me after church. He said, went through what going on in the service and all. He said, Dad, we had a man show up at church. He said, last Sunday before, we went to Chick-fil-A after service, had all, a lot of the people in the church, we were just there, and said, I was sitting watching the kids play in the playground, and this man had four kids, and they were all playing, and he said, I struck up a little conversation. You know, one of our problems, we don't think anyone wants to talk to us. You know, 
In case you hadn't noticed, you dress a little bit different than most of them. Okay, well, some of you do, some of you don't. But anyway, and I don't know that, I shouldn't have. Yeah, I did, it felt good. But anyway, so we get it in our mind, we think, we think, well, they don't want to talk to me. How do you know they don't want to talk to you? What if someone had never talked to you? So he sat down, he talked to the man. They small talked, the man was getting up to leave. And Paul said, sir, I don't know you. I don't know anything about you, but he said, somehow I can't feel to let you go without talking to you and and just mentioning. I don't know if there's a, you have a church home, but he said, we pastor a church here in Lowell. And the man said, where? He said, I know exactly where that is. And he said, I want to invite you come visit us. He said, well, I appreciate that. Okay, it's over. Sunday morning, the next week, Sunday morning, the man walks in with four kids and his wife. And he comes in and Paul told me what he preached. He said, the man, you could see they were both visibly moved. After the service, he came up and he said, Pastor, I want to tell you, you don't know what your message has done for me. And he said, come back in here. Let's talk just a moment. And the man broke down. He's a young guy. Young guys don't break down. But you know what? Sometimes when we're going through it, we need to go ahead, get your manly attitude and put it away and get a hold of God. This man broke down in front of him and just he just said, we're going through some stuff my wife and I right now, we're separated, and we're trying to work things out. But, and he just started in. And so Paul was there and prayed, and they made contact. And he said, I want your number. And so he got his number, got Paul's. Well, service wasn't over an hour. And he said, the man texted me back. And he said, Pastor, he said, I'll be out of town this week, this next Sunday. But the Sunday after, we will be back. We... He said, you don't know what you've done. Now, I said all of that. What is a, okay, the man had a, a, it was a small enough portion that he could carry it. What's a small sack of bread and a few ears of corn? That's not much. What's talking to somebody that you just feel, I just feel like I need to say something to you. You don't have to get in a biblical discussion with them. You don't have to ask them, have you ever been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, repented? My God, you're going to hell. Don't do that. I may not even want to come. Don't do that. Go to them. Look at them. If God leads you, go to them. Just simply say, love for you to come to our church. Man, I'd love take him a little bread. All this man did, he brought a little, and I'm talking about a little amount of food. Not much. Not much. He brings it and sets it down. And Elisha, 
I don't know what if there was more conversation than this, and I could get into it. He brought the man of God bread of the first fruits. I, I'm not going to, but there is there's a biblical concept there that is that is it's it's not maybe, it's not could be, it's biblical. He brought it because he felt to and God led him. And as soon as he sets it down, the prophet looks to his servants as given to the people that they may eat. Just so give to the people they may eat a hundred men and a couple men's worth of food mark this down in your mind God never never gives too little never gives too little oh I need it no 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 you got what you needed you use what you needed, and God will bring you out. He gave it the servants. Or what is he was? He was man. They're gonna be a. They're gonna be a, a, a rush. We're gonna have a riot here. How can I set this before a hundred men? You need to learn, and you need to learn it good. What he gives is always enough. When he gives, it's always what you. It may not be what you. Think thought you needed it may not be the way you thought you needed it to come but but he said so Elisha went after the servant says this Elisha doesn't he doesn't rebuke the servant God didn't make us to be a the police force and critique everybody's statements you know what do you know what so and so said well get an attitude adjustment you know leave so and so alone who gives a care so immediately Elisha comes up and he says, when the servant said, we can't, he said, give the people that they may eat. Puts a semicolon. That always means there's an explanation following. Some of us don't ever get to the semicolon because we're too busy saying, what? you got to be kidding me. That ain't going to happen. Well, you don't have the explanation. Go ahead and bellyache and cry and do all your stuff that you're used to doing. And the explanation is just floating out there in limbo somewhere. He said, you go give the people that they may eat, for thus saith the Lord. What? Stop right there. Don't even go any further. If God's involved, something's going to happen. You know, we... Who do you think this God is that we're serving? Is he lame? Is he blind? Is he crippled? Is he, is he, God said, God's not mocked. Now, if that was modern day language, he said, quit being stupid, you ignorant moron. I mean, that's pretty much the, the translation if you'd look at it in I know there's got to be a translation somewhere that would say that. God isn't mocked. He knows what you're doing. He knows what you're saying. He knows what you're thinking. Well, no. Huh? He knows the thoughts. And then you wonder, God, God doesn't have to plow through garbage. God doesn't have to do that. But he said, you give, for thus saith the Lord, they shall eat and shall leave thereof. In other words, they're going to eat until they're full. And they're going to get up and there's still going to be food on the table. It's still going to be there. Now, you see, 
Okay, I'm coming down the last couple of minutes. Come on, it's time to let them know I'm done. Get up here something really sweet because I'm exiting with this, and I like to exit on a good note. What this passage of Scripture is, what it's doing, this is just talking about God. Now listen, just taking care of you. I want, I want big and mighty. I want great things. I probably, I ain't going to tell that. But I want, I want things that are, man, wait till I tell everybody what happened. But there's just so much that God does for us that I'm the only one that knows what's really happening. He took care of me. When situations that I, I didn't know what I was going to do. When, when all I wanted to do was get in a dark room. And I don't, maybe, has anyone else ever been here where a spirit, and I believe it's spirit, depression down and it just kind of comes in and blankets you and I don't even know why I am the most positive person you have ever met I mean I'm positive and I'm positive that I'm the most positive person I don't get down one Sunday morning you <laughs> I always leave the house real, real early, and I don't get back till Sunday night. And that's because I had four kids and a wife getting ready for church. If I was going to preach people, I had to stay spiritual. I went home one Sunday morning when the kids were at home, and I, I was getting ready. I, I didn't take, hadn't taken my clothes. I have a shower and everything up at the church. For some reason, I, I anyway, I went home. And they were all getting up. I heard the boys, before any of them got married, and they were all yelling and going back, well, you got the, rah, 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 mom! I walked out. I stood in the house we're in. I looked upstairs. I stand there. I put my towel. I said, hey! Every one of you! Get out here now. They come walking out. I don't ever do that. But I did that day. They come walking out. I said, we're getting ready to go to church. And all this junk's got to stop. Do you hear me? I want the arguing stop. I want the yelling stop. And that's it. That's positive attitude. <laughs> But I've, I've had a couple of times in my life, I don't even know why. I almost got scared in that. Why? Is, is, God, is something happening that I don't know? I just, I can't, but I can't explain it to anybody. I don't have a, well, this, I don't have a this. I don't, have, I don't know. But it was during those times 
that he just sent somebody with a piece of bread, a phone call, a phone call. Just somebody that walked up to me, somebody that came to me. You see, I don't know about anybody else. I don't know what anyone else thinks, but it encourages me to know that he does take care of the small things. Thank God for the big things. Thank God that the seed, I'm so glad the seed parted. I'm so glad all the fire didn't burn. I'm so glad. I have been so encouraged by all of that. But I read this, and I thought, my Lord, just a man with a little bread and some corn. He takes care of the small things. He provides. And don't you ever take for granted the words, thus saith the Lord. Have you ever, when you come up for prayer, physical need, spiritual need, kids, whatever, have you ever felt a whisper, an inside, where God said, I see you. I see you. It's gonna be. Have you ever felt an, it's going to be all right, and you're still going through it? It's been a long time. If God ever told you anything, I don't care how it would sound to anyone else. It does not matter what anybody else thinks. If he spoke to you about your need, about your need, then you need to stand and declare to him, I heard it and I expect it. And thank you for the man with the bread. I'm going to make it now. You don't have to fail, God. You don't have to live in gloom, doom, and despair. You don't have to live in a world. Take control of your world by reaching out to God. God's there walking with you. Yes, come, come next, this Sunday, expect a shout. Expect some worship. But know that Monday's coming. And sometimes it just may be a man with a little bread. And you may be that person that needs to bring the bread to somebody else in need. Amen. Hallelujah. Going to either ask you either to stand or you can shout whatever you want to do. Let's all stand. <laughs> Told you you weren't going to be shouting over this. I, I, I'm sure I told you this, and I'm through. You know Sheila Russell. I think of this so often. Sheila and her husband, the Russells, came into our church. He didn't have the Holy Ghost. They, they started coming about six months after I moved there. So they've been part of us probably 
15 years ago, 20 maybe, we were in the new building. The doctors told Sheila they were pretty certain she had cancer. And uh, she had some family members that they lost because of cancer. I can still see her standing, the spot she was standing in. She was praying, and she came to me after service. We Everyone was praying. This was Sunday night. Monday, she was going to the doctor for the test, and the doctor said, just expect. It's there. And she was standing at a spot praying. She came up to me. She said, Brother Price, i got to share this. I don't know. said, I was praying and said, Someone came up behind me, put their arms around me, and just held. Didn't say a word, just held. And said, I just felt so much at peace. Said, I opened my eyes, turned around, and thank him. Said, there wasn't any lady, there wasn't anyone within 20 feet of me. But she said, somebody put their arms around me. She said, I feel good. I feel good. I feel, I feel God. She went Monday, no cancer. Everything's okay. God's going to take care of you, friend. God's going to take care of you. Lift a hand, would you please? Thank God. voice and say everything I need, He's already provided. Everything 